As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Anyway, she goes to bed. I open up a box out of Barbara's. I light up. I call myself a cognac. Uh, and I watch the 14 fists of McCluskey. <laughs> What a picture. Yo, homie, that my briefcase? And start asking the right fucking questions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rum and Rant. I'm your host, Blake Howard. This is, of course, the One Heat Minute Productions Patreon exclusive podcast. I do have to say thank you to all of the people who made this possible. This podcast is, of course, brought to you by specifically all of our amazing patrons on Patreon for One Heat Minute Productions. Thank you so much. And those of you who are going to get a shout out are my Macaulay tier. That's right, my ride or dies for the longest time. My little number two, Amanda Regent, James Adamo, David Fausel, obviously Stu Coot, Sean Burns, Garth Franklin. You've heard those guys on the show. Bilga Abiri, Ben Hobden, Nate Small. You've heard Niall Schwartz on the show, Craig Matheson, John Plee Glynn, Ethan Warren, George Wishart, Jordan Harper, Kane Sherman, Andrew Parker, Mitchell Beaupre, Justin Shaw, Andreas Peterson, Pat, J.A., Ignacio Filios, Kate Gabrielle, the Total Reboot Boys, thank you so much. Noah Jatel, Peter Wells, Ben, David Grabinski, Shane, Andrew Lang, Devendra Hardawar, Gilbert Martinez, Daniel Ombre, Anthony J. Glover, Christopher Fitzpatrick, Christopher Kevranian, Jordan Trang, and Slow on the Draw. Thank you to my entire Macaulay tier, but really thank you to everyone. That was long, but I think it was needed. Now, uh, thank you so much. Now that you're patrons, if you're listening to this, you must go and seek out the post where I put the Discord. I try and get our Discord up. Our Discord is simply the best thing that is going around. It is like our one of our live show chats that just doesn't stop across a bunch of threads. Would love to see you guys in there and chat to you. I hope you guys are having an awesome week. Um, this, of course, is our one episode every week on a Friday. It's coming a little bit later Australian time because I was trying to compile and excavate some great conversations from One Heat Minute Productions past that have never been heard before. Um, I gave you a little snippet of a great chat with a great Donald Logue, who is, of course, an author, who's a screenwriter, who's a character actor of much note. I mean, obviously, he's dear to our hearts here on One Heat Minute Productions because of his role in Zodiac, but, of course, Blade, Thin Red Line, Patriot, the list goes on, Reindeer Games. We have some cool stories 
here today. He talks about Leonardo DiCaprio, his career coming up with him. He talks about this crazy journey that is acting and his amount of time that he's been in in, in the acting business now, like going on like 30 some odd years. Um, but there was a really special section of our conversation that I haven't really released yet, which is us talking about him knowing Heath Ledger and his experience watching as he called him like a star on the rise or a supernova on the rise, basically. So I really want you guys to hear it. It's a terrific chat. Donal is just an amazing storyteller. I literally went to have an interview with him for, I don't know, an hour, maybe max. I thought 20 minutes. I was on there for like three hours. So there's lots of stuff that probably still is there that we could uh, uh, talk about and uh, and might pop up in future Roman rants. But this one is a kind of special one. It concludes with a uh, talk on Heath and the Patriot and talks about his career, Leo, and we just shoot the shit. It's a great chat. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you guys are enjoying everything we're doing. Um, for you guys who are listening now, this week, Manola Dargas is coming on Miami Nice. And then we have our incredible One Thief Minute James Khan tribute, which is going to be one episode, but I just simply do not think that it's going to fit. Um, it may even be two um, episodes and they'll be bangers and they'll be massive. We have an incredible guest list. You'll see that up. I've basically concluded all of those. There may be one or two special people popping through, but um, please check that out, share it. Um, and, uh, and of course, if you haven't already, uh, and I, I wouldn't expect that you guys would necessarily have always done this, but like share, rate, review, tell people that the Patreon's worth your cash, even if you're on the Macaulay tier or you're on the, on the, on the Cowboy tier, like whatever you guys want, um, jump into it. We've also got our Heat uh, 2 book club mini series coming out probably going to wait about a month wait till everyone's had time to consume it and then deep dive on it we've got guests coming up on there meg gardner will be on the show all these sorts of things but now let's go to a chat with again the absolutely terrific storyteller that is donna luke hope you guys enjoy and uh, we'll catch you on another roman rant very soon but sunday's episode of miami nice and then next Wednesday, a One Thief Minute Part 1. And of course, Alexi and I will be back for more physical media with the Blues Brothers coming up. And really big collateral Miami Nice coming soon. Hope you guys check it out. All right. Here's Donald Luke. Yeah, I'm so fortunate to have that kind of thing, right? So I went up to Canada in October of late September 1989 was my first um, with Mike Newell was the director. He was the first guy to give me a break and Taft Hartley me into a project that this brilliant English director. And um, so, yeah, it's been 30. It's, this is the 32nd year anniversary or something. I'm going back to Canada I'm leaving here in a couple of days to drive back to Toronto. Um, there's going to be a big winter storm, which is a bummer. So I'm worried about, I don't want to fly during COVID, but, and I like to drive to all my jobs because I record all the dialogue and then I, you listen, I to, listen it. to it. I spend a couple of days. You, you do it. You do, you do a Rick Dalton. You do a live Rick Dalton oh, drive shit, from dude, once Rick, upon a time yeah. in Hollywood. When I saw once upon a time in Hollywood, <laughs> which we can talk about, like, for some reason, I can't leave that movie alone. If it, my friend Greg Dooley and I said, it's like, if it's on, I will, I will watch it from any part of it. Yes. And I will watch it. I don't know why I watch it 
all the time over and over again. And I've had my own, and this is when you talk about like, why we'll never badmouth, um, like why badmouth the movie? Why yeah. badmouth anything? And I have this weird thing with Quentin Tarantino where I'm, I'm like, is it really, is it just taking 70s stuff and adding this kind of adult flavor to it? Or no, it's something different. He's a genius. Like he's, yeah, he's, I can't, I can't deny it. He's, he makes these movies that are thrilling to, to watch. And, um, you know, I don't know the guy I met him briefly through Danny Trejo at this thing last year, but, and I've never worked with him, but my God, you know, once upon a time, I, I get, I also get emotional about the Leonardo and I were really good friends for a spell in the nineties around the same time as the David Blaine and Robert Downey Jr. stuff. And that was, I was kind yeah. of like this weird older guy. I was sober. So I, I had this, and it was so bizarre because I had started working and, um, and I was a little bit older, but then there were these up and comers like Leo DiCaprio and at the time, Steven Dorff, of course, too. And, yeah. you know, and I, um, anyway, I have these incredibly warm, I have these great feelings about that. That was the time when they were in Australia doing Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, but he, and it was funny back then because I did comedy stuff and it a little bit like Eric Bana, you know, you start doing goofy comedy and then, yeah, like drama is pretty easy compared to that stuff, right? <laughs> and then, but Leah would do comedy stuff just fucking around and he's the funniest guy in the world or he could dance and sing like Michael Jackson and he was just, and I'm like, man, you should do this stuff. And he goes, I can't, you know, I can't really, well, which made sense because there was too much, there was too much in a way invested in him being what he is. The Yes. Arguably. But later on when he does the Wolf of Wall Street, that movie that's is. That's him being him. That's, that's one of the funniest one movies. One of the funniest movies, like, the physical. One of the funniest movie ever. Getting in the friggin' oh Lambo, you know, or. Um, Just the, the, singing, the, dancing, the dancing, the Like and, he's, and he's so meme, like every part of his performance in that movie is yeah. a meme. Like, it's like him, like biting his knuckles, doing the, like, I'm not fucking leaving. Like it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh it's unbelievable. They, they looked like they were just letting each <laughs> other go for it. And, but I, you know, it's so strange because not strange, but I look, I actually think that Leonardo DiCaprio has to me the most impressive career in cinema of any actor ever and yeah it's he it, it, certainly, as he's, he's certainly, as he's as he's gotten older it's it's really almost hard to argue you know, <laughs> and there like, was a time during the aviator where i just wanted to cry because having known him and come up and joked around and all this kind of stuff it, like to watch him mature to that place to take that turn into something so intense and heavy to watch that level of talent and um it's so great, you know, and, and of course, like Denzel and I mean, there's a zillion of them, right? Pacino, of course, and De Niro for me, for me, like the deer hunter was the kind of, it's the starter kit for most young American actors, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
And part of me gets my back up a little bit about the American actor thing where it's like, holy shit, man, we can't even do a Vietnam war flick or a, an American World War II drama where it's not four Irish guys, three Brits, two Australians, <laughs> and maybe one effing American. Like, we're just, what's wrong? We were the dudes. You know? There was a time when it was John Savage and Chris Walken and Robert De Niro and, you know, the rest of the world was looking to us and John Cazal, you know? Well, 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 personally, I get frustrated with having to watch so many American movies where they make Australian actors do these bad accents, these generic accents. And I'm like, can't they just be Australian? Can't they just speak in their natural, well, and by the way, charming as fucking hell that, accent? They, won't, they, they will not cut us slack the other way. And I also think Australians, for some reason, have an amazing affinity. They're good with accents, maybe because they're, from outside of oh, it's, there's something there's and, something about it that works but but you know i know good actors who struggle with i've seen amazing actors have a hard time just trying to sound kind of down the road american or whatever and it's like taking six cylinder six cylinders of a v8 away from a from an engine <laughs> right you know yeah. and somehow everybody's like it's cool with it but um but it is kind of you know, I would say even Eric Bana in a way, I, I think he probably had a hard time with the Hulk or something happened. But if you see Chopper yeah. and you're like, holy shit, dude, Chopper. If you see, if you see Chopper, but even watch him in Munich. We're just talking oh, okay. about Munich. Munich like was, we talked about Munich. Fred, Munich, he's that just That was the first time I insane. saw Daniel Craig, I think, in something. And he was just yeah. like wired tight and... um Oh, so I was going to say, it's like, who's this so guy? I was going to say, um, Chopper, but when we did Thin Red Line, there was a dude on it. There were a couple of Australian guys in Thin Red Line, one being Dan Wiley. Yeah, Dan Wiley. Dan Wiley's the funniest dude who's ever walked <laughs> planet Earth. Dan Wiley, and Dan Wiley has this weird thing where he's missing his teeth and stuff where he can pull them out and do this. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. Dan Wiley makes me cry trying to just thinking about Dan Wiley. And he did a comedy. He did a comedy on, oh man, I'm trying to think of what it was this Australian comedy, um, a television series where it's just these two guys sitting and talking about the craziest shit. Um, oh man, I'll try and, I'll try and figure it out. Are you thinking of no activity? That could be no activity. Oh my God. It was so. Cause they've. Yes. He's been in a million. Dan Wiley is he's like. The dude right over there. He's that guy. Yeah. He's, he's one of our guys. He's in. He, and he's um, terrific. Cause he's the kind of guy that when he turns up, you're never annoyed that he's turned up. You're like, this is no, good. Yeah. Absolutely. He's in. <laughs> dude, I, you're like, this is good. I love Dan Wiley so much. It's been so many years since I've seen him, but that's another thing is. When you bond on a thing like that, when you have that experience yeah. together, if I saw Dan right now, and he, I mean, the only reason to do what we do for a living is really this insane way that we get to hang and um, meet people in this crazy way and bond so quickly. I, I do know, you know, I did a couple of movies with Mel Gibson and we became buddies and um, 
we were like partners on this crazy Vin Vendors movie. And then we immediately thereafter did the Patriot, Patriot. together. And Monster, uh, he was telling me about shooting. Man, I'm just like a kid, man. I love hearing <laughs> these Gallipoli stories. And, you know, and Mel told me when he was going to, what's the drama school in Sydney, the famous? Um, NIDA. NIDA. NIDA, right? That Kate Blanchett and all these, you know. And by the way, like Australians are insanely like, the amount of talent coming out of that island, I know, granted a big island, but it's sick how great people are down there. But um, he was he was he was in drama school and he was also kind of a gymnast. He's a natural athlete. And he goes, he was so fit. He came out of class one day and he got hit by a bus. And he goes, I swear to God, I did three somersaults through the air. <laughs> I got full on smacked by a bus did three somersaults, landed on my feet and was completely fine, you know? And I'm like, I love all of these weird stories. He got so sick the day they were racing to the pyramids in Gallipoli, he was so sick. That was another 103 Mark Ruffalo story. Yes. Or I, I should put it in terms of centigrade for Australia. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? But I love, I love Australia. I had a neighbor in Los Angeles, uh, who remains one of my great, great, great love friends of all time. This guy, Don Miller Robinson, he lives in Bronte beach. He's from, <laughs> he's from Canberra um, or his mom lives in Canberra. And Dom was in that band dragon. Do you remember yes, this band? Dragon? Yes. So Dom was a guitar player in dragon for a while. He's an amazing guitar player. And he's, he was buddies with every guitar player from Australia. And of course, all the guitar players visiting and Don is just, he's like my North Star. And so through him, I just met so many incredible Australians. And in Los Angeles, there's this clique of Australians. You know, Australians like to clump oh, together. And, now they, and they all sleep on each other's couches when they don't have anywhere to stay. That's what happens. It's absolutely. like this, it's like a, a, the couch hotel thing. You always hear yeah. about it. And there's a little bit of that tall poppy. I do think Australia and Ireland and places, I mean, it, it happens everywhere, right? Yeah. Like Irish people, Irish people hate Irish Americans and they're dicks to fellow Irish people who do well, or Australians are super proud of Australians who do well, but they're also assholes. There's that, that constant demand or, are you still a real person kind of bullshit, you know, yes. which I think really effed up um, Heath Ledger. And I will say this was one of the craziest, most prescient things. Um, we were, we were doing the Patriot. So this was 19, this was okay. It was say January, 2000. And we had been on that movie for about seven months, eight months. And it was freezing. We were in these, um, we were in these beautiful swamps outside of Charleston, South Carolina. And, and I remember just over the course of the Patriot, the just on the strength of the dailies going back to Los Angeles, Heath Ledger was becoming kind of he you could see that this exploding star was born mm. just on the bay. He, the movie wasn't out, but the talk was in and and Heath had all of his buddies from, um, you know, Perth living out in South Carolina with him. And I, you could get that. And there was a lot of uh, paparazzi and I think kind of English and Australian press which is of the uh what am i trying to say tabloidy variety Tabloid shit. Right? yeah and it was kind of freaking it was 
it was freaking him out. And we're sitting there just, I'm just a fly on the wall. It's, I'm there, it's myself, it's Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger. And we're sitting on these logs facing a fire, just ready to do a scene. And Heath is very emotional about this. And Mel says, you know, if you don't get right with this shit, it will kill you. If you don't get right with this, because he, of course, after, you know, after Mad Max. Well, after Road Warrior, he was the biggest. After Road Warrior, he was the biggest thing in the world, you know, and, and, um, you know, so, uh, but um, man, Heath was a sweetheart and what a talent. And it's crazy because I loved Heath and we had a lot of laughs together and, but what was crazy after the Patriot was watching how incredible an, an artist he was. Yeah. What a great actor and, and uh, you know, broke back mountain. And of course, um, you know, just so many, I mean, the Joker, but the Patriot was one of those old school kind of, crazy they don't make him any more movies with hundred thousands of back you know thousands oh. of reenactors you know there might be 200 of us on horseback jamming across um fields and heath was an amazing horse right he was just incredible horseman and um you know and then and at lunch we would go heath and i would go for runs on this farm which was <laughs> hilarious and he, one day he says, like, I want to show you something. And um, it was, and I don't know, you know, of course, you know what South Park is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it Matt Parker and Trey Stone? Oh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Trey, Trey, Parker. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So my, I ask for forgiveness because they're, geni <laughs> they're geniuses of next level. And I do remember doing a movie with... Um, Gary, I remember the morning on this movie called, oh God, Dear God, with Greg Kinnear that Gary Marshall directed, where Gary's son, Scott, showed me the little Christmas tape that was the first South Park thing. Yes. It was like VHS, right? So Heath one day said, I've got to show you this thing. So myself, this guy, Kirk Fox, and Heath, we sat in his trailer and we watched Cannibal the, the musical, musical which was <laughs> yeah. sublime sublime heath was so stoked to turn us on to cannibal the musical <laughs> those are little factoids that you might not find everywhere you know but um heath was when i saw him on chapel street i was doing ghost rider yeah we did that in melbourne, melbourne yeah. and he was going i was walking down towards the como hotel where i was staying and he was going to visit Wes Bentley, who's one of his best friends. Yeah. And he was with Michelle Williams, who was pregnant at the time with their kid and um, sweetheart. Um, but yeah, Heath is, Heath is just awesome. Not yet away.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.